Hey, welcome back to the last episode of the six-part series talking about the beginning and the end of the Bible, the beginning and the end of the world as we know it right now. We've gone through Genesis 1, 2, and 3, talked about the creation, we've talked about Adam and Eve, we've talked about the fall, we've fast-tracked into Revelation and talked about what happens after the Battle of Armageddon, how we're going to be in a new Jerusalem, this new kind of uh, life that we're going to be living here in this new heaven, heaven and new earth as God will create it at the end. So today we're talking about kind of how John wraps up the chapter and wraps up the Bible, quite frankly, talking about the good and evil and darkness and light and a lot of uh, visual uh, things that are beautiful, but really talking about the words of Jesus and how he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and how he's wrapping his head around that and what Jesus instructs him to do with the book. So let's talk about it today. Let's read Revelation 22. Let's wrap up this series. It's been a good one. Let's do this. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining me on the uh, the Bible reading and, and coffee drinking episode six of this six part series on the beginning and the end of the Bible. So far, we've read uh, Genesis one, two, and three, and we worked our way through Revelation 20, 20 21, and today we're going to dive in to twenty two. So. Where we're at in the story, uh, this is a vision from the Apostle John, and he sees what happens after, this is what we're talking about, what happens after Jesus returns. He returns, he defeats the devil, we all uh, get to join him in uh, this new Jerusalem, as they call it, or this new heaven and this new earth. Uh, This is what a lot of people consider heaven, right? Because even in 21, we talked about the pearly gates or the gates made of uh, pearls. Uh, so there's a lot of visual visual things in Revelation, the, the very end of Revelation, that we think and what we visualize when we think about heaven. In reality, this earth and the current heaven will go away and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth uh, based on uh, all these things that we've read up to this point. So uh, we're diving into the very last chapter of Revelation 22. I mentioned it earlier a little bit, but make sure you donate uh, either via social media or on my website, livingchristian.org. You can donate to our Christian fund, our Christmas fund. Uh, every dollar donated in November is going to go to uh, providing families and children with a wonderful holiday season coming up and a wonderful Christmas morning. So we're going to do that. Make sure you do that. But more importantly, we're going to dive into Revelation 22 right now. Let's have a sip of coffee and we'll dive in. Let me get my old man glasses so I can read. All right, so if you remember from last episode, uh, John is talking to an angel, and an angel is kind of walking him through what he's seeing and what this is going to look like after the devil is thrown into hell uh, along with other people and what it's like now with just us worshiping God and being back in the utopian nature of what the Garden of Eden was like before the fall. So uh, Revelation 22 starts like this, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nation. So a couple things. Visually speaking, there's a lot of comparison between light and dark, 
Uh, and in this, he's talking about the river of life running through. Now, if you remember in 21, we talked about the fact that there will be no sea anymore, right? Um, there will be no ocean in this new uh, heaven, this new world, this new earth that we're living in. Um, and you have to think about, uh, but there will be a river that flows through with fresh water, the water of life. This is a visual uh, representation of kind of what's good for you and what's not good for you. You can drink clear, fresh water, especially the one from the river of life, right? The water of life, but you can't drink the ocean water. So that salt water is bad for you. So there's a lot of visuals talking about how we're getting rid of what is harmful for us, right? And only, and God will provide only what is healthy for us and what is going to sustain our life. So he's providing this river of water through the streets, right? With trees, uh, uh, that can provide crops of fruit for us to eat, and they regenerate every month. Therefore, we never go hungry. Okay, so this is that viewpoint of God creating a new life for us with the things that are helpful and healthy and good for us, and all the evil and bad things for us are gone away. All right, let's continue on verse 3. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And we will see his face, and his name will be written on our foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the Lord God will shine on them, and he will reign forever and ever. This is talking about now we get to be joined with God. We're with God. We're with Jesus forever. Nothing can separate us anymore. And the reality is the, the long-term eternity that we're going to have, heaven or this you know, this visualization of it and this reality of it is we get to be with God again, right? We no longer are separated from him. And those who don't choose to follow Jesus will be separated from him for eternity. So that is what we're seeing here. We get to see his face. His name will be written on our foreheads. We'll no longer be night. Once again, all lightness, no dark, right? Only what's good for us. There's no, none of that stuff is there anymore. So the darkness is gone. We don't need a sun anymore. It's daytime all the time because the light of the Lord is shining upon us. Uh, so that's going to be what it's going to look like. Wraps up this part with, then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So before He's seeing what he's seeing, and he's visualizing what he's visualizing, and this angel's describing it to him, and he's basically saying, hey, everything I'm telling you is true. Everything you're seeing is true, right? Uh, this is all going to come to pass. The, uh, you know, God sent me to show you what it looks like. All right, now we're pivoting a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, he hears a quote from Jesus Christ in verse 7. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. So he hears, right? Jesus saying that he is coming soon. Verse 8, I, John, now he's referencing himself, I, John, am the only one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. He was probably a little confused, right? Probably getting a little confused with hearing Jesus' voice saying that he's coming soon and he's looking at an angel. He was probably a little disoriented. <clears throat> and he fell down to worship the angel. But the angel said this, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers the prophets, as well as 
all who obey what is written in this book worship only God. The, the, he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Now, this is a little bit of a, uh, not a controversial subject, but there's a couple of different perspectives here on what he means by you know, do not seal up the prophetic words of this book. And it's reference that we'll get to another reference at the end of the chapter. But in this instance, he's probably only talking about, you know, Revelation, the book of Revelation that he's writing. Uh, obviously, the canon or the full Bible hadn't been put together yet, uh, quite frankly. <clears throat> so there's some people who feel like he's referencing the entire Bible, right? Do not seal up the words, the time is near. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But he's basically saying, hey, these are things that are going to happen. This is the truth, what I'm telling you. And, and you need to go out and teach this. And, te- and, and But there are, until this happens, there's going to be vile people, right? There's going to be harmful people. You have to expect that a little bit. And, and when it says, let them, let the harm do harm, let people fail and make their own mistakes and make their own choices. You need to teach them that that's the wrong way and teach them how to be the righteous ones that continues to live righteous, right? But people that are going to continue to be vile, they're going to continue to be harmful. That's the way this world's going to be until we get here. Verse 12 is another quote. Then he hears this. I suppose he hears this is what the general thought is. He hears this from Jesus. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed those uh, I'm sorry. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit of the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol, idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. So he's what he's saying is wash your robes, right? And that's a reference. There's a lot of references to the previous chapters and, and, and quotes from the Bible. You're going to wash your robes. You're going to be washed clean by the blood of Jesus, Right? If you have to be, in order to get to heaven, you have to be baptized by water and the Spirit, right? And what that means is you have to be birthed twice. You have to be born twice, once from your mother in a water birth, and once as of through the Spirit by accepting Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, what he's talking about is that uh, there's the reference of being clean, washed clean, right? So, you'll be blessed if you've been washed clean, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you'll be permitted to enter through these gates of heaven, okay? These new gates of this new Jerusalem, as they call it. But if outside of this, outside of this new Jerusalem, outside the presence of God, will be all the people that are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, all the, all the people who have not accepted Christ and been washed clean of their sins, but are still living in their sin, Okay. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent an angel to give you the message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty 
come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly care. Okay, let's stop there. Verse uh, 18. So verse 17. So what he's telling us is if you're thirsty, if you desire drink, if you want to be, if you want to accept Christ as your savior, go to him. That's what the spirit is telling us right now. And the bride, which is, which is the church, okay? So the Holy Spirit and the church, the body of Christ, right, are telling people who do, are non-believers, quite frankly, no matter what your sin is, if you desire to be washed clean again, if you desire to make it into heaven, go to God. Follow Christ. Give your life to Jesus, Okay. All right, verse 18, and I solemnly declare to anyone or everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. So basically saying, don't touch it, all right? My words are what my words are. This goes back to our early discussion. Is this is he referencing the book of Revelation or is he referencing the entire Bible? This is the last book of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible. I know at the time that this was written, it wasn't part of the other 65 books of the Bible, but there is a, a good general consensus that uh, he is referencing the entire book of the Bible, God's word as a complete as a complete work. That makes sense. But even if he's not, even if he's only referencing the book of Revelation, basically he was saying, hey, write this down, John. This is the words. This is what I want you to tell me. And if people think it's wrong or people add to it or people subtract from it, then they will suffer what this book says is going to happen. They will have to go through the tribulation. They will have to deal with the bowls being poured out and the judgments being poured out. They'll have to deal with that if they mess with his word, if they mess with his complete Bible or even just the book of Revelation. All right, it wraps up this way. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the last line of the Bible is this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. So he starts the Bible with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he ends it with, may the grace of Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. So he created everything. In the beginning, God creates everything. And at the end, he blesses and graces us. The grace of of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So he created everything and then he gave us Jesus in order to be saved. That's the beginning and that's the end of the Bible. It's a great word, huh? All right, great. Let's have a sip of coffee and I'll take a few questions uh, and answer a few questions as I can. 
Uh, that's a good one. It's not too confusing. I'm telling you, a lot of people are confused by the book of Revelation. It is visual. It is uh, the fact that John is uh, having this vision, this dream. Uh, but in reality, it is a prophetic vision of what is to come. It can get a little um, very visual and animated in the middle. And you're trying to figure out, he's talking about the, you know, the, the woman and this and that. And there's a lot of confusion. But if you read it and constantly kind of read it in context and as part and as the end of the Bible and as the revealing of Jesus Christ... Um, it makes a lot more sense. So keep working your way through it. Uh, I think the general, uh, you know, lesson to be learned on that on Revelation is that uh, God uh, will uh, judge the heavens, or I'm sorry, God will judge everybody on earth. And the most important thing is that Jesus is coming back. Jesus will come back to defeat the devil and end this life as we know it and have a better life waiting for us where we don't have things that harm us, where we don't have vile things, where we don't have evil things, but we have each other and we're in the presence of God constantly. That is the lesson that you need to learn, that we all need to learn. All right, <laughs> let's see what questions we have here. Uh, if you're live here with me on Instagram, let's see if the question thing will decide to work today. Uh, it does not work. Thank you, Instagram, for that once again. So put your question in the comments, and I'll try to read as fast as they kind of come through, and they go pretty quick, so I apologize if I miss any, uh, which I'm sure I will, but um, unfortunately, Instagram needs to get their uh, question thing fixed. Uh, that helps me out quite a bit on these lives and on these podcasts. So <clears throat> uh, ask a question in your comments. I may change the format if this is going to continue to have to where you guys can kind of submit some questions beforehand. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll go as, as, as we go along. So let's see what um, let's see what questions we have uh, in the comments. So uh, chime in on the, on the comments, and I'm happy to answer uh, a little question. Where do you think uh, we are now in the uh, Revelation timeline? Um, I don't think we're there yet, to be honest with you, my personal opinion. Uh, I have two kind of thoughts, and uh, ultimately it doesn't matter what I think, uh, <laughs> just to be honest with you, no matter what is true. Um, on one hand, I've always I've had this weird thought, and I've studied it a little bit, thinking that we're somewhere in the middle, if that makes sense. Uh, thinking that we're somewhere in the middle. Uh, we haven't reached the, uh, the Great Tribulation yet, but we're somewhere in the Tribulation. Uh, but in reality, I don't think we are. I think um, the way I view it, I view it literally. I view it literally as seven years. <clears throat> uh, I, I view, uh, I think the more and more I read um, the Bible and, and Revelation, the more I take it for exactly what it says it is, uh, in the sense of there's a lot of bad things that have happened. There are a lot of wars. And so I don't look at those things and go, oh, it says there's wars and rumors of wars. Well, there's been wars going on for thousands of years. So I don't think we're there yet. I think... Uh, we're close, uh, you know, with the establishment of Israel uh, and um, and that in 1947, I believe the year was. I think that uh, helps the timeline a little bit, but I don't know. I think I think things can happen at any time. I think you have either uh, either Jesus is going to you know show up in the clouds and us be raptured up to him, and that would be wonderful, uh, and then we'll know, uh, or uh, there will be a peace treaty for seven years with Israel by some uh, random person. Uh, and uh, we'll realize that that's kicking it off. Uh, but either way, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where we're at. I, I try not to focus too much about it. I love the visuals of it. I love the promise of the end of Revelation, to be honest with you. Um, but um, 
I think the most important thing we need to do is make sure that we love Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior, and the rest of it is going to work itself out. Uh, God's plan and God's will always works out. It always, uh, he, his, what he wants to happen always happens. Uh, so the more we try to control things and the more we try to guess things and more that we try to predict things, uh, the more we're probably wrong. Uh, so I will read the Bible. I'll love Jesus. And uh, I'll just see what he has planned for us coming up. That's the best way I can put it. All right, let's see what the other questions we have. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Like a thief in the night. Yeah, possibly. I mean, he does say that, so let's see. But uh, uh, does anyone know what time these podcasts start? <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I start at 8 a.m. Central Time. It is 8.24 now, my time. Uh, so it's 8 o'clock in the morning on Mondays and Fridays, Central Time, because I'm in Texas. I'm not sure where you're located or what time it is. But roughly 30 minutes bef before right now is when I typically start these things on Mondays and Fridays. Okay, let's have a couple of other questions. Let's see. No questions. Yeah, no, this question thing is not showing up. It shows that I have 12 questions, but I don't. All right, let's have uh, at least one more question, and we'll go about it. Do you, uh, uh, do you agree that some things we are experiencing today are things that are going on in Revelation? Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's, uh, you know, there's, there are some, some signs and stuff, but uh, a lot of those things have been happening for uh, de decades and, um, and uh, centuries, to be honest with you. So uh, I just wait to see what God has planned for us. Um, the hour earlier. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, la last question. <clears throat> Maybe not the last question. The one I see there is, um, you know, can uh, how do you deal with uh, the depression and the anxiety of what Revelation and uh, and the end of the world uh, provides? So that I see that question there. I I, I don't look at it in terms of uh, depression or anxiety or something to be worried about. Okay. Uh, here's the reality, uh, the way I look at things. And you can look at them the way you want to, but I look in terms of this is the revealing of Jesus, and this is a promise that Jesus is coming back, and this is a promise that we get to live eternity with Jesus, and we, this is a promise that we will no longer be separated from God, and this is a promise that we're going to have an eternal life that is a lot better than the current life that we live, uh, the fallen world that we live in. I, I So I look at it from a positive standpoint, not from a scary standpoint in the sense of, oh my gosh, I'm reading all these things that are going to happen. It's going to be scary. And if, you know, I've got to worship and take the mark of the beast, and if I don't do that, then I'm going to be, okay, just, you can live your life being worried about what happens tomorrow, uh, or you can trust the one who's going to provide tomorrow. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Uh, I've realized I'm 50 years old now, and I realize that every time that I try to um, make a plan for my life, um, not every time, but most times, and I think I'm doing what I want to do, God corrects me or God changes it. Uh, I can't change God's plan. Uh, and so there's no reason to be worried or fearful of it because I trust God with that plan, right? I, I can look back at my yesterdays and, and learn from them. I can enjoy my todays, and I can trust God with what's tomorrow. Uh, that's how I look at it. So I'm not afraid with what the book of Revelation. I don't agonize over it. I don't try to guess when Jesus is going to come back. I'm not afraid of uh, the events that are going to happen one day on this earth. 
I, I don't even know if I'm going to be here for those. So why, why am I stressing out about those things? Uh, I view positive. I get to be with Jesus. I get to be in God's presence for eternity. And that's something to be um, excited about. That's something that we can look forward to. Uh, and that's how I look at those things. So don't, don't get too stressed about the end times. It's very easy to get wrapped up in social media and, and, and see all these videos and see these people on social media saying that they had a vision or that God told them on October the 17th. Just stop. Just, just, just stop. Just enjoy your life. Love Jesus and tell everybody you know about Jesus and why following him makes your life better and that all they have to do is go to him and he will wash them clean. That's what we just read in the last part of Revelation. Tell everybody you know about that. (laughs) And that's what you need to do. The rest of it, guys, work itself out. God's going to do what God's going to do. And it's going to work itself out in the way he wants it to uh, to kind of portray and kind of, you know, reveal itself, so to speak. So live your life, love your life, love Jesus. And uh, one day, this is a promise that Jesus will reveal himself to us and we get to join him for eternity. Look at it like that, okay? Will God accept those who repent? Absolutely. God will accept anybody who wants to follow Jesus and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, repent from their sins, right, and move ahead with Jesus. He will accept anybody and everybody. I fully think, we'll wrap up with this one, I fully think that God's desire is for heaven to be crowded, is for heaven to be everyone. Every single person that's ever walked on this planet, he wants with him, (laughs) period, okay? That is his plan in my mind. I hope that's true, and I think it is true, okay? All right, let's have a quick prayer, and we'll go about our um, we'll go about our weekend, and we'll start over with something new on uh, next week, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, bringing us together. We're so grateful that we get to read about how life as we know it started and how life as we know it will end. It's, it's so fascinating, Lord, that you're providing this knowledge and this wisdom to us to try to help us understand what all of this means and to try to give us the right perspective, Lord. So I'm asking, first of all, I'm thanking you for providing that wisdom. I'm also asking you to help open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of me and everybody watching or listening to this right now that we can learn from these verses, learn from this scripture, and have a good perspective on life, being grateful and thankful for everything that you've created, and being prepared for what you have for us next. And being thankful, again, that what you do have planned for us is an eternity with you, not no longer separated from you. Help us understand that. Help us have the strength to believe that, and the conviction to keep everything else in perspective. We thank you, we love you, and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. 
All right. Uh, we'll start a new uh, kind of series or some sort of uh, thing. I have no idea what we're going to do next week, but we'll start a new episode. Join me on the next one. Uh, until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend.